0: So, a couple of thoughts before I get going, uh, this is the first, uh, first episode in a while, because last week I only worked one day, and uh, wasn't feeling super hot the next morning, and then I had to call off the next two days. So that's why it's been a it's been a while. I hadn't forgot about. it I hadn't fallen off the wagon. It's not another failed project. Not another failed project just yet. Um, There's something else I wanted to say before I got into what I want to talk about, and um, I don't remember what. Oh, I'm driving a different car. I'm driving the Juke, so I don't know if the audio is any different. Um, I don't know if it sounds better, if it sounds worse, if it's louder, if it's softer. Um, In any event, my voice is kind of shrill, so um, it's probably pretty annoying anyways. Uh, So one of the things I wanted to address today, I'd been thinking about it for a couple of weeks and then forgot about it and then just now was trying to rack my brain about what I wanted to talk about. And a friend of mine recommended um, (laughs) the corona hysteria, the coronavirus hysteria my corona and probably partially joking was recommended to me but I got to thinking that one thing I wanted to discuss was just how powerful fear is in our lives and this is really prevalent right now for a number of reasons it's really prevalent because of the coronavirus that's the thing that everyone's afraid of the first death in the states coronavirus has claimed it's first American life you know um so people are kinda freaking out a little bit right now um which by the way for what it's worth the first coronavirus victim in the states was like in their 50s and had a bunch of other comorbidities and was already kind of sickly So, as you're hearing about these deaths, just consider um, and think about if these cases are are they older people, are they sickly, are they young, small children who don't have, uh, haven't developed their immune systems quite as well. Because for the most part, if you're young and if you're pretty healthy otherwise, and if you wash your hands, then it's fine. You're probably you're, you're going to be fine. You if you're listening to this, you survived the swine flu. You survived the um all these other you know pandemics that were going to wipe out the the population. So, that's my nursing education is uh, wash your wash your damn hands for 20 seconds under hot and soapy water, okay? Now, what I wanted to talk about was just how powerful fear is in our lives. And it's evidenced in the coronavirus scare, but it's also evidenced in politics, okay? And it's also also evidenced in uh, theology and in religious uh, takes on things. And fear is, um, it's a pretty good motivator if you want to sell a product. You know? If you want to sell, um, you wanna sell MREs? If if you wanna sell, you know, nuclear bunkers, if you wanna sell um you know, large bulks of ammunition, you know, if you wanna sell that, sell things like that, you're not gonna lean on uh the idea of economic prosperity. You're gonna lean on fear and you're gonna give somebody um You're gonna give your consumer something that they need to be afraid of, something that they have to fear. And in order to combat this fear, you have to have this product, right? So, in order to combat this virus, you need to have this mask and you need to isolate yourself and you need to not talk to anybody and you need to wear gloves and you need to just uh, live underground, right? Um, If you're afraid of this political faction, the only way that you can fight this political faction is if you vote for my political faction, and you should be really afraid about what this political faction is going to do, because they're going to uh, they they're going to eat your children if you do not vote for my political allies, right? Um, if you now this one, there's a little bit there's a little bit of truth to this. one. But it gets skewed. Um, you are in danger of hellfire. You are in danger of eternal judgment, and therefore you should be afraid. And you should believe what I have to say as it relates to your eternal soul. Okay. Now, fear is a fear is a good is a, is a good thing. Okay, fear is a good thing, and there are times when when one ought to be scared. Okay? It's okay to be scared, like during severe weather. It's okay to be scared if you are the victim of a break-in. It's okay to be scared in war. You know, it's okay to be scared that maybe you're going to lose your job, right? It's fear is, fear is a good thing. It's not that we shouldn't be um, af- afraid of things. And I don't know, I can hear... Christians now saying, "Well, perfect love casts out fear." I don't, I don't think that that text means that you're not going to be afraid of anything. And we don't have uh, a perfect love for anybody or anything right now. So, um, but fear is one. Of, it's an it's an emotion, and like all emotions, anger, happiness, joy. Sadness, uh, what you know, whatever emotion you can think of, they are good, right? Your your emotions are good, and the reason that I can say that they are good is because they are from God. Okay, God has made us to be, we are creatures of reason, we are creatures that are, we are rational creatures. But that is not all that we are. We are also emotional creatures, right? We love our spouses. We love our family. We have. Uh, we get annoyed with people. We hate people and we hate things, right? We're we're emotional creatures, and so fear is not inherently a bad thing, okay? But it gets skewed and it gets capitalized on for products and for um, politics and for religion and for those sorts of things. And that's when things start to get really wonky. That's when things start to get really sketchy and really scary. And that is especially, especially true for Christians. When Christians are motivated by fear when they're motivated by the things that scare them and when that fear is not the fear of the Lord when they're not afraid when they do not fear the Lord but they're afraid of um, another Great Depression or they're afraid of not being able to pay for medical bills or they're afraid of not being able to pay for college debt or to pick on the conservatives they're afraid of um, not having the ability to defend themselves right They're afraid of not being able to express themselves freely when when that's your operative state, in which you rest, you stay afraid, and you stay fearful. That is not a place where God wants us to operate and where God wants us to lead our lives. That's not how God wants us to walk. God doesn't want us to walk in lives to lead lives that are fear driven. Okay. Except for the fear of the Lord being the beginning of all knowledge, being the beginning of all wisdom, and I wanna, I wanna press, I wanna press Christians on it, and I'm, and I'm pressing myself also right now as I rack my brain and as I think about it, is what are you, what are you afraid of, right? Like what, what scares you politically? Okay. What scares you on you know macrocosm? What macro scale? What scares you politically? What scares you economically? What scares you you know culturally? Right? What are you What are you afraid of? And then, like in the in the, in the micro scale, what are you What are you afraid of in your family? Right? Like what what failures do you fear for your family and your role in your family? Right? like as a as a dad I have to think what am I afraid of as a dad am I am I afraid of failing as a dad and am, am I afraid of whatever what are you afraid of as a as a mom what are you afraid of as a son or as a daughter what are you afraid of as a as a sibling okay so you have to press yourself and find out um, what what your what's your fears are and if you're operating out of that fear or if you're saying or if you're saying yes I have this thing that scares me but I'm not gonna operate from that I'm gonna operate from a trust in in a sovereign in a sovereign God who beat death and it's it's this is a weird topic for me to talk about because it's because it's squishy it's it's kind of soft and it's kind of fluffy and I don't usually as a as an individual, I don't usually do soft and fluffy. You know, I want to do um, hard, facts. I want to do um, straightforward, pointed conversations. Um, but you have to have you have to have room in your own thinking for the the softer, squishy stuff. And so, if you're like me and you're you know you're pointed and you're intellectually driven and you read all the systematic stuff. And, and that's how you think. That's how you operate. That's the world that you that you live in. I don't want you to be turned off by doing a little bit of introspection and thinking about what, what drives you throughout the day, I guess, is, is the bigger question. Not so much what are you afraid of, but what drives you throughout the day, okay? So why do you go to work in the morning? you go to work in the morning because... You don't want to lose your home. Do you go to work in the morning because you um, don't know where else you find your fulfillment, and you're afraid of not finding fulfillment? Why do you uh, Why do you go to church? Do you go to church because you have that unhealthy fear of God, in which you see Him as just this? Uh, angry, abusive, tyrannical dad that when he comes home he kicks the dog as opposed to an actual biblical, rounded, healthy fear of the Lord. And so, and I th- when you think about the question what drives you, okay, what drives me? You say, Anthony, if it's not fear, if I, I you know, I'm just naturally inclined to be afraid of whatever it is I'm naturally I'm naturally I'm a fearful person that's just how I operate so and you're telling me to not how ought I operate and I want to say that you if you're you're a Christian you're a believer and that's I mean if you're listening to this you probably are if you've made it to this episode four or episode five or whatever if you're a Christian and if you're a believer, I want you to to not be to not lead a life driven of fear, but to just lean in to a healthy trust of a Father who loves you and who sent His Son to die for you. There's a Matt Chandler has kind of gone off the rails now, but there's a sermon he gave years ago when he was still pretty solid before he was talking about pirate ship dreams or whatever it was. Um, and he he talks about, it's a pretty popular segment from him, from this sermon where he talks about how Paul, as you read through the New Testament, Paul is untouchable. You can't touch Paul. You can't stop Paul in his ministry to preach Christ and him crucified to the Gentiles. And, and why can't you do it? And he looks at a couple of, of reasons and he says, uh, Paul, you need to stop preaching. Stop preaching this gospel, or or we'll kill you. And Paul says, uh, "To die is gain." Paul, you have to stop preaching, or we're going to take all of your all of your money. I count it all as loss for the sake of Christ. Okay, fine, Paul. Uh, we will we're gonna we'll we'll beat you, then. And he counts himself uh, worthy. Of, of, of suffering he counts it as a, as a joy to suffer for the sake of the gospel and then, so what so you so they just you just leave him alone you, you leave him alone and he's going to go preach his message he's going to do what he wants to do and there's a there's a sense in which Christians if you're a Christian you have that same kind you have that same freedom Paul's no different than you or I right? In the sense of Paul was a, a was a, a blood-bought believer. Regenerate, blood-bought, who loved the Lord. And his freedom is found in the fact... And our freedom is found in the fact that our God has... God came in the flesh, died, and then rose again... And ascended to heaven, and is coming back for his people. And so, and that should ju- that should, and I understand that it doesn't. It doesn't for me either. But that should just sh- like what do you have to be afraid of? What do you have to fear in your ministry to others? What do you have to fear about what people think of you? What do you have to be afraid of in terms of? providing for your family. You have nothing you have absolutely nothing to be afraid of because that same God that beat death, the same God that conquers death calls you his own and you are in him. And so when the when the world the world wants to wants to be is just drawn to fear because the world doesn't have that same kind of unshakable hope that we have as believers the world doesn't have anything they have what, they, what, is, what is in front of them, what they see in front of them what they taste and, and can touch and then nothing they have no hope for a future they have nothing in front of them if they die, that's all they don't have anything to look forward to but if you die, to be absent with bodies is to be present with the Lord and if you live you get to preach Christ and you get to live to his glory and so I just want, and I had no idea that this is the direction that my brain was going to go today, but I just want us to see the, the freedom that comes in just the basic, what the basic Christian faith is. It's absolutely a lot, when you think of the Christian faith, if you think about it in terms of lists of do's and don'ts and 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 that's, that's certainly an aspect of it. There are things that you do. There are things that you don't do. There are things that you ought to do. There are things that you are prohibited from doing. That's certainly an aspect from it. But it is ultimately a liberating faith. We are liberated. We are free from sin. Right? As much as we're slaves to righteousness, we're free from our sin. Death has no hold over the believer. If death can't touch you, What are you afraid of today? Why are you so afraid of the coronavirus? Why are you so afraid of the 2020 election? Why are you so afraid of global warming? Right? Why are you so afraid of of all of these things that the world is telling you you ought to be afraid of? You ought not... Be afraid of those things. And that's not to say that viruses are not important and that elections are unimportant and that um, being good stewards of the earth is unimportant. But if you're operating in a place of fear, I won't come out and say it, if you're operating, if you're operating from a place of fear, you're in sin. So Paul says if, if you don't do it from faith, it's sin. If you're not doing it from faith, it can't honor God. God wants you to live a life of, of faith and of, and of trust in Him in all things across the board. From, from your finances being managed to the education of your children and, and child rearing to who he, who he sets up in political office, who He establishes in political office, whoever's in office, it's God's will. Whoever is in office, that's God's will for His purposes. Okay. Um, trust Him in safety, getting to work and back. God wants you to trust your Father in all things. And so, I just want to, first of all, exhort you and 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 just press on you that if you're operating from a place of if you're operating from a place of fear. And if you're just constantly walking on eggshells in every area of your life or in a vast majority of your life or in any area of your life, you're walking on eggshells and you're scared. It's not only a slaver, not only is that slavery. Not only is that you wanting to be in control, and not only is that really a form of self-bondage, but it's it's sin. Because it's not trusting God. And the great news about it is that when Jesus died for you, Christian, He killed that fear. That fear is dead. You died in Christ, your fear died in Christ. Now, as a new believer, you don't have to be afraid of anything, you don't have to be afraid. So don't be, and don't live your life in fear. I think that's timely. I think we need that. I think we need it. I know I need it, and if this is just for me, and if nobody else listens to this because they've already forgotten about me in a week, that's fine. If this is just for me, that's okay. (laughs) Okay. But I hope that this this encourages you. I hope this gets you to think and to do some introspection. Thanks for being patient with me if you're listening again. Thanks for checking this out if it's your first time here. Um, I'm on Twitter at A. Ray Whitlock. W-H-I-T-L-O-C-K. I'm on Facebook as Anthony Ray. Um, I'm here on Anchor. I think now I'm on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I don't know if it's on iTunes or not. It's on Pocket Casts. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope this is helpful. I hope this is this encourages you in some way. I hope that you're blessed. Uh, and I'll see you guys next time.